Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Commissioner's Office Podcast. My name is Daniel, and for our ninth episode uh, of the series, we have got an absolute banger of an episode. Uh, today, I'm going to finally be revealing my mock draft. And uh, so for, for those who don't know, the NFL draft is, at the time of recording this, in eight days. It starts on the 29th of April, and then it goes to uh, May 1st, I believe. So uh, I've tried to hold off as long as possible so I can uh, make sure that all the teams are done trading and uh, getting ready for the draft so my uh, results can be as accurate as possible. So how a mock draft works is that you act as uh, basically every team, or one team if you want to, and uh, and draft who you think a team should draft uh, with the correct order by which is determined uh, by how the teams do every season. So obviously, you know, the worst... Uh, it's not like the NBA, where the, uh, the NBA has a draft lottery, so, like, the worst team in the league has the best chances of getting the number one overall pick, but... Uh, they it's not guaranteed in the nfl it actually is guaranteed so the worst team in fact does have the first overall pick so <laughs> it's going to be a great episode and uh yeah with uh with that being said let's just <laughs> let's just jump into it one more note before we get started uh this is me editing uh i recorded this mock draft before the orlando brown trade um so obviously the ravens traded Orlando Brown star tackle to Kansas City and they swapped a lot of picks for this draft the only one that mattered was that uh, Kansas City gave up their first round pick uh, as part of the trade for Orlando Brown so in this mock draft Kansas City will still make their pick although this will not happen in real life because Baltimore will actually hold it so I would do my Roger Goodell impression uh, for announcing the first pick but unfortunately I uh, I just don't get booed enough, so I don't think it would be a very enjoyable uh, impression to make. But, however, uh, with the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars, first time ever being uh, <laughs> getting the first overall pick, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence number one overall. This is... This is a pretty big no-brainer. Trevor Lawrence is probably the best quarterback prospect easily since Andrew Luck in, like, that was, like, 2012 or 13. Um, you know, he's got optimal size. He's really, really athletic. He's got a strong arm. He throws really well on the run. I mean, he won a ch national championship at Clemson. He's very good in the clutch. I mean, there is basically nothing that this guy can't do of course like all players he has his weaknesses he kind of stares down his receivers sometimes um and he does take a lot of hits that is uh <laughs> that definitely is a thing that he's gonna have to work on especially in the nfl where you know if you're not i mean if you're not looking uh darius leonard's gonna take your head off <laughs> when you're playing in that afc south division um there also were some questions about his attitude after, I believe, it was a uh, Sports Illustrated article on him. And I'm here to, 
you know, do my job because I love playing the game and, and that's basically it. So I don't really care about those statements. I know a lot of people have kind of overreacted about them. To me, it just speaks that Trevor Lawrence is a very mature player. He understands that, yes, there is a life after football, and I, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. Um, for a lot of these players, I like to compare them to NFL players in the league right now. Um, so for Trevor Lawrence, there's a combination of three guys. There are not many quarterbacks in the NFL that are that are like how Trevor Lawrence plays. Um, but for people who haven't watched him, I would say he's kind of like a cross between Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. You know, guys who are kind of mobile, have rocket arms, and that are just good, solid players. I think this kid's going to be a fantastic player. Um, he's got a new NFL head coach in Urban Meyer, but he's been in college for a long time. He's a very successful coach. He's he's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting Jaguars team. However, moving on, <laughs> the second pick, I have the New York Jets taking another quarterback and this one is going to be drum roll please, Zach Wilson. So, you know, before the before the season started, the Jets, well, actually as we got closer to the uh, end of the season, it was looking like the Jets were going to land Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but then they jumped down to number two, and so everyone thought, okay, they're probably going to take Justin Fields. Wrong. Zach Wilson has just shot up boards recently. Uh, for those who don't know, he's a quarterback from BYU, so he's got the he's got the Mormon power. Um, Zach Wilson is a guy who is just he's kind of short, and <laughs> I've seen bef- I've seen uh, on certain sports memes meme pages that he looks like. Uh, he looks like an actor playing Zach Wilson in a movie, which is kind of funny. He's kind of like this short kid, but he's, he is really good. He has a really good arm, especially for his, uh, someone his size. He's a very quick release. He's very calm in the pocket. He has very good footwork. He throws well under pressure. He's very accurate. He's got quick feet. I mean, he like, he is a very polished and NFL ready player. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he's polished too, but for other quarterbacks, they're definitely like, you know, the talent is there, but there's not, you know, there's some things that it's going to have to be tweaked in the NFL. Zach Wilson is, he is a very good, very good player. I was watching his pro day the first time and he was, I kept seeing this comparison to Patrick Mahomes uh, on the internet before and I was like Patrick Mahomes no he's nothing like him and I watched him make all of these crazy throws from these crazy you know arm angles and I could kind of see it a bit in the way that he throws the ball um nonetheless my comparison to him uh was NFL comparison two players that I see kind of play like him is Kyler Murray the way he runs and throws kind of looks like him and a little bit of a weird one but Alex Smith um it does not mean (laughs) This does not mean that I think Zach Wilson is going to be Alex Smith. It just means that he plays like him. So that's the one thing you have to uh, take with a grain of salt from my NFL comparisons is that (laughs) I am not basing them on their career trajectory. I'm basing them on how they play just as a football player. Also, (laughs) two more things you have to... uh, take with a grain of salt one there are no trades in this mock draft 
There just there just are none. Two, I don't know anything about scouting. I am not a professional blah blah blah. I am not Daniel Jeremiah or whatever, so I'm not <laughs> a seasoned veteran of this stuff. As much as I would love to be the absolute authority on everything that has to do with football and scouting, I am not. So uh, if I get one pick wrong in this mock draft, which I won't because I'm insane, then uh, don't try to hunt me down with the pitchfork because I'm only human. Um, But yeah, Zach Wilson is going to go to the Jets at number two as we will move on to the third overall pick as San Francisco has slid in uh, to pick number three. And I have them taking another quarterback. <laughs> Three straight quarterbacks off the board. I can't remember the last time this happened. If ever. Um, and which quarterback do they take? Another drum roll, please. It's Justin Fields. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk recently that San Francisco traded up and they're going to take Mac Jones at three. I just, I don't buy it. It's That's fake news. <laughs> That's fake news. I don't think that uh, San Francisco is going to take Mac Jones. John Lynch is just way too good of a drafter to take Mac Jones at three. He could get him maybe even in the second round if he wanted to. I don't, I really don't think they're going to take Mac Jones. I think they're going to take Justin Fields. A lot of people were saying they'd go like, they'd go defense here or maybe they'd go with like a receiver. I don't see that. Because at number three, you could take a receiver, but the 49ers' offense is fine as is. Their running back dominant uh, offensive scheme combined with not a ton of firepower on as far as the receivers go. You know, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are good, but they don't really need to do a ton. They're good like they're good like after the catch, and neither does Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't have to do much either. But, you know, you got Kittle in there as well. I don't think they really need anything else on offense. Except for a quarterback. Because you have to remember how much you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that he might get traded. I'm not sure how long Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be here for. I, I really don't. I don't know when his contract expires. But he is being paid a lot of money. So the last year of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is in uh, 2022. So he's got two years left on his deal, uh, and then after that, he's just an unrestricted free agent. So uh, there were rumors that they were going to trade him. He's got too big of a contract and not enough suitors. So at this point, he just plays the mentor role. Maybe not even the mentor role. Maybe Justin Fields just sits there for two years and just waits out Garoppolo's contract, kind of does a little bit of a Patrick Mahomes thing, where like there's really not many expectations for him. He's just going to sit there and learn. Because the Niners are still competitive, and their window is pretty big. That team is fairly young. So I think it's an interesting pick. It really is. Niners had to deal with a lot of injury trouble last year. They re-signed Trent Williams to that huge deal. They got to pay for it somehow, and if they get rid of Garoppolo, then uh, Fields is going to be their guy. But on Justin Fields' part, he's a fantastic player. Uh, He's got great mobility a lot of zip on his throws he is incredibly tough he plays really hard pretty solid accuracy I think on shorter throws he needs a little work his footwork is a little weird and like Trevor Lawrence he takes a lot of hits 
Um, my NFL comparison to Justin Fields was a combination of Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. He is a very, very solid prospect, and hard to believe that he is the third best quarterback or the third quarterback off the board in this draft because I think in any other year he'd easily be number one. But now, the quarterback's out of the way. We're going to move on to number four, where the Atlanta Falcons host the number four, number four overall, fourth overall pick. Now, this is a really tough one. There's a lot of directions that Atlanta could go in. A lot of people think they're going to take a quarterback, potentially name the successor to Matt Ryan. That's something I considered, but um, a lot of a lot of Falcons fans definitely want them to go defense, and that's true. Atlanta did not have the greatest defense last season. However, I had them taking an offensive player. At number four, I believe Atlanta will take Kyle Pitts, uh, the tight end out of Florida. Um, as Bengal would say, he is a versatile weapon. Kyle Pitts is, he's listed as a tight end. This guy could play running back if he wanted to, man. He ran like a 4-4-5 at his pro day. He's, you know, big, tall guy, can just, he can basically do anything. He's 6'5", 240. He was a, he was a former quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he is just, he could basically do anything. And that Florida offense, very dynamic player. I mean, this guy is going to be, he is a can't-miss prospect. And I know it's weird. I can't remember the last time a tight end went in the top five, but this guy is just, he is, you can't pass up on him. He is too good of an athlete, too well-balanced of a player. And I know Atlanta has Hayden Hurst. They have Hayden Hurst, who was a, I think he was a first-round pick uh, for Baltimore. Then he was traded to Atlanta. Uh, for a second round pick, but Kyle Pitts, you can play him at <laughs> you can play him at wide receiver if you want to. He's just that good of a player. I think Atlanta grabs him at four and just completes their offense next year. I think is when they're going to take a quarterback. But what do I know? <laughs> we'll move on to pick number five, Cincinnati uh, Bengals. They had the first overall pick last year, and they uh, took Joseph Burrow who has been, uh, yeah, he, he had a good rookie year until he, like, just snapped his knee in half um, because <clears throat> Zach Taylor did not add any offensive linemen, <clears throat> uh, which is why they're going to draft Panay Sewell fifth overall. Uh, Panay Sewell, he's an offensive tackle from Oregon. This guy, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, was actually born in 2000, as a lot of these guys were. So he is still... He's still just 20 years old. He only played like one year of football uh, in college. I think he opted out this year. This guy, he's has as much raw talent as anyone in this draft. Fantastic athlete. He plays left tackle. Um, he's got really good quickness off the snap. Very good body control. I don't really know how to scout linemen that much, but you know a good one when you see it. That's all I can say. But he is a just a scary guy to go up against. He's 6'5", 325. He's just a big guy. He can probably play anywhere, (laughs) anywhere he wants to. I think the Bengals grab him at five, get a nice left tackle for Joe Burrow for the next 10 years. So the top five is done. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Pitts, and Sewell. And now we will go to pick number six. 
This pick is held by uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, as part of their <laughs> as part of their just fleecing of the Texans for Laramie Tunsil. Um, it's interesting when that trade happened. The Texans, uh, for those who don't know, the Texans traded like three first round picks or two or something um, to Miami in exchange for Laramie Tunsil, who is a uh, left tackle for them that Miami drafted in the first round probably would have been like a first overall pick if a certain picture that I cannot say on uh, this podcast uh, was released about a, a day before the draft or on draft night. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's very weird, but <laughs> they traded Laramie Tunsil like a year into his uh, tenure on the Dolphins for a bunch of picks and it looked like a good trade at the time for both sides, but then the Texans kind of crashed and burned, so now Miami has the sixth overall pick. The question is, what are they going to do with it? Um, some people say they just go scorched earth and take a quarterback, but <laughs> I disagree. Um, I think Miami is going to be taking Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase is a wide receiver from LSU. In my opinion, he was the best uh, receiver in the draft. This guy is, he is just a monster. So what are his strengths? Jamar Chase, incredibly physical. He's a very patient route runner. He's great after the catch. He's got incredibly strong hands, big frame. He's really good at making adjustments in the air. He's got great ball skills. Um, my comparison to him in the NFL was Deshaun Jackson. It, it's a little bit of a weird one. He doesn't, I don't think, have the raw speed that Deshaun Jackson had or still has, he's still in the league, but he has that, like, explosiveness, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, definitely a, a good thing. Um, you know, the Dolphins, they have a pretty solid receiving core. They have Devontae Parker, who's a solid guy. They signed Will Fuller, who was, has to deal with a lot of injury problems. He got suspended, but when he's on, he's on. I believe they only signed him to a one-year deal, though, so uh, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. They also have Jakeem Grant, who's kind of like a returner gadget guy, uh, like a Tyreek Hill type, and uh, well, not really, but like he's <laughs> he's like a yeah he's he's kind of like a return man, big speed guy, really short. They also have Preston Williams, um, but I think Jamar Chase is going to be that thing that takes uh, that Miami that uh, Miami offense to the next level. All right, we're going to move on now to pick number seven, which goes to the Detroit Lions. Who are they going to take? Another receiver. Guess what? This one's from Alabama. <laughs> Can you guess which one it is? No, that's what I thought. This one's Jalen Waddle. So the Lions, they're in a weird spot. You know, they have some good pieces. They also lost arguably their best player in Kenny Galladay. He went to the Giants on a pretty good sized contract um they traded their centerpiece of the team matthew stafford to the rams and replaced him with jared goff who's basically matthew stafford's contract but a lot less worth it <laughs> if i had to put it very simply um i think they need a a kind of a i think this team needs a hard reboot but their offense still isn't that bad they got an okay line uh, offensive line. They had, you know, Frank Ragnow with a really good season. Still got Taylor Decker lying around there. Uh, and they have DeAndre Swift, solid running back that they drafted in the second round, 
Um, so why not throw in a nice, versatile receiver in Jalen Waddell? A lot of people see Jalen Waddell as the best receiver in the draft. I see him as number three, but it, you could really go either way. My NFL comparison to him was Tyreek Hill, and <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty easy to see. He's a really good return man, incredibly dynamic player. He will make you miss. He will just snap your ankles in half and not regret it at all. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. He can play in the backfield. He is incredibly versatile, and uh, the Lions' new head coach is uh, <laughs> is uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, he's kind of inexperienced, but I think he's going to want a nice dynamic player in Jalen Waddell um, to kind of reboot that off offense and get uh, Jared Goff a good weapon to start his tenure out with the Lions. So that's pick number seven. We'll move on to eight. This one is held by the Carolina Panthers. And I believe that Carolina will take Rashawn Slater. <laughs> He's a tackle from Northwestern. A lot of people see this guy as the uh, most NFL-ready tackle in the league, although in the league, in the draft, although he's not the first one off the board um, in my draft. Panay Sewell goes uh, three picks earlier. I believe the Panthers need him. You know, they, they, re- <laughs> they really need line help. I considered the quarterback option, but they have Sam Darnold, and they also have Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I don't really, I don't think they have room for another quarterback right now. So, I had them taking a tackle. They franchise tag Taylor Moten, who I think plays right tackle there. And he's a solid player. Go out and get some more protection for Teddy B or uh, Sam Darnold or PJ Walker, whoever's starting over there. Carolina's got a really good team. They could do something next year if <laughs> if uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold uh, has a very good year move on now to pick number nine we're going to start to go a little faster here this pick is held by denver again i considered the quarterback option as uh trey lance and mac jones are still on the board however john elway he loves his tall white qbs and this one (laughs) the one he has now i think suits him pretty well i think he likes drew lock and i think drew lock has some promise so i had them go in defense um and i had them taking micah parsons uh, a linebacker out of Penn State. Now, here's the thing. Micah Parsons, he's got a lot of off-the-field issues. I'm not going to address that right now. You can look it up for yourself. But some teams uh, have taken him off their boards, like, entirely. So there's no doubt that Micah Parsons is a very talented player. Some people see him as the best defense player in the draft. He is kind of a raw prospect, but he has got a very, very... He's very athletic. He was a pass rusher coming out of high school, which is really weird. But I mean, he can play. He can play pretty much anywhere, man. I, I think that he's best in a blitz-heavy scheme, according to uh, the little snippet that I'm reading on him. You know, Vic Fangio is the head coach over there in Denver. He's notorious for blitzing a lot. He's also notorious for coaching some really good linebackers. Back in San Francisco, he coached. Patrick Willis, Roquan Smith in Chicago, Danny Trevathan had like a good year or two, Khalil Mack counts as a linebacker, I think he's going to see something in Micah Parsons, and that's going to be a pretty solid piece, assuming he pans out uh, for a Denver team that really needs a jolt on defense, 
they partly got that with Kyle Fuller. Yeah, they got Kyle Fuller. They got Bryce Callahan. He's still there. <laughs> they still got Von Miller for the time being. So that uh, Denver defense gets a jolt with Micah Parsons at 9. We'll move on to number 10. Uh, big Jerry Jones and his Dallas Cowboys are on the clock, and they're going to take Patrick Sertain the second from Alabama. He is a cornerback, heavily recruited coming out of high school. Uh, that's probably why he went to Alabama. You might recognize the name for some of our older uh, listeners. Patrick Sertain was a corner himself. He played for Miami in the 2000s. Very good player as well. Patrick Sertain is seen as better than his dad. Um, a lot of people have him as the number one corner in the class. Dallas really needs a corner. They don't have Chidobe Awuzie anymore. They don't have Byron Jones. And uh, I think Big Jerry Boy is going to give Patrick Sertain the call from his yacht again. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to see uh, how that goes. So Dallas takes Patrick Sertain at 10. First 10 out of the way, we'll move on to 11. New York Giants are on the clock. A lot of people had the Giants taking a receiver. However, I, I forgive me for being ignorant, but I just never really saw why this was a issue. The Giants receiving core, especially now with having Kenny Galladay, I could understand before they signed him, but you got to think about the guys they have in their receiving core. You got Kenny Galladay, bona fide number one receiver. They got Darius Slayton solid player and they got Sterling Shepard who's a good slot guy that being said Giants are going to upgrade their defense I have them taking a guy by the name of Quiddy Pay he is a uh, edge from Michigan now for those who don't know edge is basically the position Khalil Mack plays it is like an outside linebacker that is in a 3-4 scheme which means that there is <laughs> three defensive linemen and four linebackers in a 3-4 the two outside linebackers will come down and rush the passer. So Quiddy Pay, basically a pass rusher. You know, another guy that has a lot of uh, physical <laughs> physical attributes. He's got a lot of potential. Uh, we'll move on now to 12 with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so at 12, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. They had, a, they had a rough season last year. Carson Wentz, obviously not on the team anymore. He's going to the Colts. They have uh, put their faith in Jalen Hurts as their new starter. He didn't. He wasn't bad last year, but um, at twelve, I have the Eagles taking Devonta Smith, who is a wide receiver from Alabama. He won the Heisman, <laughs> so he is a incredibly talented player. Now, here's the thing with Devonta Smith. You know the upside. You can certainly see it. He's just a graceful runner. He's really, really quick. Um, he makes plays. He can return punts. His route running is outstanding. Great vision as a ball carrier. Makes defenders miss with ease. I mean, I can just go on and on. He is an incredible player. <laughs> however, 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 he clocked in to the draft at like six feet tall at like 165 pounds. So he's kind of small. <laughs> I think he's going to have to put on some weight when he goes into the NFL. I've also seen that like Marvin Harrison played in his younger days at like 170. 
so it might not be an issue. Marvin Harrison, I think, is a Hall of Fame receiver, so he's a very good player for your information. Um, so, yeah, but the talent is certainly there with Devontae Smith. Very high floor, pretty high ceiling. Should be a great player as long as he puts on some weight. Uh, we'll move on now to 13. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to go offensive. They're going to take Christian Derisaw, a tackle out of Virginia Tech. I see him as the third best tackle in the draft. Top two, obviously, uh, Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater. There's a big drop-off after these, after Darisaw is the third of the top three tackles. I think there's a drop-off after that. Um, yeah, great player. Justin Herbert needs some help. Chargers haven't had a good line in a long time. So I think they uh, reward Justin Herbert with a, a nice tackle for decades to come. We'll now move on to pick 14. This one is held by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to go uh, defense. They're going to take Jalen Phillips from Miami. He is another edge, so pass rusher. This guy, I mean, the talent is there. The talent is definitely there. Five-star recruit out of high school. He played his first two seasons at UCLA before transferring to Miami. Why did he transfer? Because UCLA like forced him to retire because of injuries. There are injury concerns, <laughs> um, but he the talent is definitely there. Some people see him as the best defense player in the draft. Um, so we'll see what he can do up in Minnesota. Also, it could be a replacement for Daniil Hunter, who has requested a trade. So he could be dealt any minute now. <laughs> and now we move on to pick 15, where the New England Patriots are on the clock. This one was very hard. New England is very, it's just a very uh, systematic kind of team. You know, you just kind of know what you're getting uh, when these guys get on the clock. However, they've started to make some changes, and I think they're going to kind of shake up the draft because the evil empire is getting its air. I think New England is going to take Trey Lance at 15. I'm honestly surprised that I dropped him this far to 15, but, you know, he's the guy's a fantastic player. I mean, he it is scary how good he is. Obviously, you have to take it with a grain of salt because he played at, like, North Dakota State, which is not exactly a powerhouse, although Carson Wentz did go there. Of course, downhill runner. He's got an extremely strong arm. He absorbs hits very well, throws a very tight spiral, incredible athlete so he is you know the raw talent is there however i think his throwing mechanics are kind of weird he sometimes misses throws when his feet are set which is not supposed to happen so i think he's kind of a project what better of a mentor to have than not only bill belichick one of the best head coaches of all time but also cam newton one of the best running quarterbacks if not the best of all time uh, Trey Lance, he reminds me a lot of Steve McNair. A lot of people probably don't know who he is. He was a quarterback. He played in the 90s. Um, played for the Titans. He won an MVP. Came a yard short of winning a Super Bowl. Sadly passed away very at a very, very young age. But just, just his entire vibe kind of reminds me of Steve McNair. They're both very mobile and physically, like, athletically gifted quarterbacks coming out of extremely tiny schools. Um, Steve McNair went to a little-known school called Alcorn State, 
look it up. It's a real place. Um, so that's my comparison. Trey Lance goes to 15, goes at 15 to the New England Patriots. Move on now to 16. Arizona uh, is going to pick, and they're going to go defense. They're going to take J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, J.C. Horn, you might recognize the name. He is actually the son of Joe Horn. Joe Horn was a receiver who played in the 2000s for the Saints. Pretty good player. He is known for the old celebration where he pulled a cell phone uh, from under the goal the goalpost and uh, called it. Michael Thomas recreated it, and he got flagged for it. Arizona needs some help in the secondary. Patrick Peterson left after many, many years of production there. I think they replace him, and they get a good player with J.C. Horn. Next, 17, Lost, Lost, Las Vegas uh, is picking. I think they're also going to go defense. They're going to take a guy by the name of Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. <laughs> That's a name and a half. He's a linebacker from Notre Dame. I'll be honest, I really don't know much about this guy, but I do know that the Raiders need some help on defense. Uh, they still have Nick Kwiatkowski there, who was a very good signing. Nick Kwiatkowski was a good signing good guy in the middle, and he gets to uh, mentor a younger guy, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. <laughs> he's a very explosive player. Um, he's kind of a shorter guy, 6'2", 216. Well, that's not short, but he's not as like, stocky, you know. Um, but the Raiders, I think it was pretty... It was hinted at pretty strongly that they are going to go defense. I think if Mark, Micah Parsons was still there, they definitely would have taken him but they get the next best thing in uh, J-O-K. <laughs> His nickname should be the Joker. We'll go to 18. Miami holds another pick, and this time they're going to go defense as well. They're going to take uh, Gregory Rousseau, who is an edge from Miami. Uh, another edge from Miami, him and Jalen Phillips. That is a <laughs> that is a tough, tough duo to go up against. Um, but no, this guy, in 2019, he had 15 and a half sacks. 19 and a half tackles for a loss. I mean, he has just been a good player. He's another really good athlete. He's 6'5", 260. Got a big frame. Um, there are some injury concerns with him. He opted out of 2020. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting pick. Miami had a great team. Brian Flores, uh, <laughs> a very solid defensive coach. Let's see what he can do with Gregory Rousseau. All right, now we'll move on to pick 19, which is held by the Washington football team. And um, this is an interesting one. You know, Washington had an interesting offseason. Alex Smith uh, obviously retired after a fantastic career, 16 years in the league. Uh, he has moved on to greener pastures. Um, but they replaced him with Fitzception. Ryan Fitzpatrick is there. Uh, they also re-signed Taylor Heineke, who was the guy who almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. They gave him a nice contract as well. Um, Dwayne Haskins is not there. He went to uh, the Steelers. With that being said, Washington will break the three-pick streak of defense, and they're going to go offense. They're going to take a quarterback. Mac Jones is heading to Washington. Um... You know, Mac Jones is, uh, he was Alabama's quarterback. No one expected him to be that good, but he's a very intelligent player. You know, he's, I, I wouldn't, he's just not the best quarterback in the draft. He's got 
extreme intelligence. He makes decisions very quickly. Quickly, throws a very good deep ball. He's very efficient. Does not throw a lot of incompletions. Puts good velocity on the ball, especially for someone who's not very athletically gifted. Um, but that's that's still a weakness. He's not very mobile. His footwork isn't great. Sometimes he short arms passes, which is yikes. Um, <laughs> my NFL comparison to Mac Jones was Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be a very high ceiling guy, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a bust. We'll have to see. And uh, with that, <laughs> we go to the Chicago Bears. They're picking at 20. Now, there are a lot of directions that the Bears could have gone in this draft. Do I think they're going to trade up for a quarterback? Honestly, I really don't know. Here's the thing. If they trade up for a quarterback, <laughs> that means that they should probably keep Matt Nagy. And I know that sounds really weird, me advocating for the Bears keeping Matt Nagy, but hear me out. This if they fired Nagy a year after drafting a quarterback, it'd be the same thing that they did with Mitch. You have to remember, Mitch Trubisky was drafted under John Fox, <laughs> a guy who wasn't even notified. He didn't even make the pick. He wasn't even notified that the Bears were like actually going to take him until like an hour before the draft. So, I mean, <laughs> if they take a quarterback, if they trade up for one, I'm assuming it's going to be Justin Fields. I think that's the guy that they're looking for. Um, then uh, that's going to be interesting, man. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. The Bears still get a very good player. At 20, I see the Bears taking Caleb Farley. He is a cornerback from Virginia Tech. Um, Kyle Fuller also went to Virginia Tech. So Bears have a little bit of luck there. But back to Caleb Farley. He, he was a quarterback in high school. He began his college career as a wide receiver. Um, but, you know, he is still very good. He's got very good size, length, quickness, fluidity, and athleticism. Um, this is just what I'm reading on, on his little bio here. Very good at man coverage. Um, so he's, you know, a lot of people see him as the top corner in the draft. I still think it's certain, but, you know, I still think I would be happy if the Bears uh, settled for Caleb Farley here. Move now to pick 21. I will admit that a lot of these guys I really don't know much about, but I'm just going <laughs> to logic my way through them and uh, see if I can I get him right on draft day. At pick 21, I see Indianapolis taking Aziz Ojolari. He's an edge from Georgia. Indianapolis, you know, they've had a <laughs> they've had a very solid defense. Indy is just a good team. They're just coached very well. They got some good players. And, you know, they have Darius Leonard, who's a great linebacker. And uh, they've been lacking a dominant pass rusher since a guy by the name of Robert Mathis retired maybe like five years ago. Um, I think this guy could be the next Robert Mathis, you know, Aziz Ojolari. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he does there. At 22, Tennessee Titans are going to go offensive. They're going to take a guy by the name of Elijah Vera Tucker. He's an interior offensive lineman uh, from USC. Uh, he played left tackle a lot at uh, USC, but he would probably play left guard. This is a Titans team that, 
you know, they do very well in terms of run blocking. That's how Derrick Henry gets so many yards. But in terms of pass blocking, they're not the best. Ryan Tannehill also, I mean, he runs a lot of stuff out of the eye, not like a lot of shotgun plays. So he's under center a lot. But I think this guy would be a pretty solid uh, addition to to an already solid Titans team. I do have to say, though, this draft might have some of the best names uh, that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> 23 picks in at 23. The New York Jets are on the clock again. And with this pick, I see them taking a skill position. They're going to take Travis Etienne. He's a running back from Clemson. He is the best running back in the draft, in my opinion. Him and Najee Harris are like neck and neck. But Etienne, the NFL comparison to him is Alvin Kamara. It is easily Alvin Kamara. He's got great hands. He's a receiving back. Does does his best work in space. He's an uphill runner. He gets faster as he continues running. He's got a very strong lower half. He's very hard to tackle. Great vision. Very explosive, especially in the screen game. He's got good balance. He is going to be a dynamic player for a Jets offense that lacked uh, dynamicness. <laughs> um, so we'll move on now. Let's pick 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tough loss in the playoff game at home to uh, Cleveland. Also had some tough departures. Um, Marquise Pouncey, their veteran center, decided to hang up the cleats. Alejandro Villanueva, their left tackle, decided to leave as well. But unfortunately, Big Ben is still here. (laughs) He's back for another season. He refuses to uh, hand the reins over. And I think they're going to get him some more protection. Pittsburgh is going to take Tevin Jenkins. He's a tackle from Oklahoma State. As I said before, there's a big drop-off after Christian Derrissaw. Um, he was the third tackle off the board. So here's the next one, Tevin Jenkins. I think Big Ben gets some protection, which is something that he really needs. Um, and Pittsburgh will probably still be competitive next year. They kept Juju Smith-Schuster. They did lose James Conner to the Cardinals. However, running backs are kind of replaceable in the modern NFL, so I think they'll be all right. At 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trayvon Morig, the first safety off the board. He's from TCU. Trayvon Morig is a guy who's uh, he's pretty good out of high school. He's a four-star recruit. Went to TCU, which is a fairly small football school. Um, he's a He's a free safety, not a strong safety. Um, but he's <laughs> he's very at it. He's very aggressive. He's pretty good in man coverage. Um, he's not a bad ball hawk too. So um, Jacksonville really needs a good safety. Their safety group is barren, <laughs> so they get a good safety in Trayvon Morig. Twenty six. Cleveland is going to take Zayvon Collins, a linebacker from Tulsa. It's a position group that they have really, really missed since the departure of Joe Schobert to Jacksonville and Christian Christian Kirksey to uh, Green Bay a few years ago. Uh, So they try to fill that hole. They still got uh, Sion Taki-Taki, what a name, and Mac Wilson from Alabama. So Zayvon Collins should add to a young but promising linebacking core in Cleveland. At 27, Baltimore is going to add an edge to their defense. They're going to take a guy named Jason Owe from Penn State. Baltimore uh, lost Matt Judon this year. He went to the Patriots. Um, They still have Pernell McPhee, uh, who's not too bad, former Bear. Great player. Um, 
but he is a little bit on the older side. I think they're going to get Jason Oa. He was a four-star prospect coming to Penn State. Uh, he's kind of a developmental guy, but he's he's a very lengthy guy and very athletic, 6'5", 257. Um, he's going to be, well, we'll see how he is. Ravens have been known to draft pretty well down uh, down the board, so they uh, nabbed Patrick Queen last year from LSU, who was pretty good. Um, and I think they're going to have another hit here, Jason Oa. At 28, speaking of LSU, the Saints are going to grab a receiver, and what a name, Terrace Marshall Jr. And yes, Terrace, not Terrence, Terrace. You mean like one of those like gardens that's on the top of a house? That's exactly what this guy's, uh, <laughs> this guy's parents decided to name him. And maybe they should keep doing it because Terrace Marshall was a uh, five-star recruit, went to LSU on that fantastic receiving core with Joe Burrow that included Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. This guy, he's kind of a big guy. He's got great hands. I mean, he had he averaged more than 100 receiving yards per game in uh, uh, seven games in 2020, and he hauled in uh, double-digit touchdown receptions for the second consecutive season. Got great size, good hands, ball skills. He's pretty good after the catch. Not bad route running. So he's he's going to be a pretty solid player. Uh, obviously, the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. It looks like they're going to be rolling with Jameis Winston. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's a good player. At 29, Green Bay is going to take Greg Newsom II, a cornerback from Northwestern. Northwestern's had a very strong NFL <laughs> draft class this year. Usually you don't see anyone going in the first round coming out of old Northwestern, but they had two this year. Not bad. So, um, yeah, not much to say. <laughs> we'll go to pick number 30. Buffalo, I had taking Wyatt Davis, an interior offensive lineman from Ohio State. Um, some people see him as the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. He's going to play guard for a Buffalo team that could always do more to protect uh, their golden goose and Josh Allen. Of course, their line was pretty solid last year. They have uh, Deion Dawkins, who's not bad. Uh, John Feliciano as well. He plays guard. Uh, so, you know, Josh Allen's a pretty mobile guy, so some could argue that you don't actually need any. <laughs> he, he doesn't really need any protection, but I disagree. They take Wyatt Davis. At 31, Kansas City takes a tackle, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Uh, some people don't have him uh, falling this far, but I think he is going to be a replacement for Eric Fisher and or Mitchell Schwartz. They both departed after this year, suffered some tough injuries. But, I mean, if there's anything that that that, that Super Bowl showed us is that Patrick Mahomes needs his protection. Uh Chiefs kind of got it in free agency. They sent Joe Thune to a huge contract, especially for an offensive lineman. Thune was one of the best linemen in the league last year, coming out of New England, and now he gets to join uh, Patrick Mahomes in his quest for his third straight Super Bowl berth. And with the final pick of the first round and the final pick of my mock draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock are going to take a safety named Javon Holland from Oregon. <laughs> So he is uh, he's a very versatile guy, very intelligent. Uh, kind of reminds me of a guy named Antoine Winfield, who they drafted last year, who uh, turned into one of the best safeties in the league. So 
I mean, Tampa Bay, it's a loaded team. They really don't have many weaknesses. I guess if they wanted to uh, find an heir to Tom Brady, who I, at this point, who even needs an heir? This guy's like the, he's literally like the Queen Elizabeth of football and that he's just going to play until he's 90. Um, but they, I think they're going to go defense here. They're going to take uh, Jevin Holland, Javon Holland. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he is, uh, <laughs> certainly a good player. I, I don't know much about this guy. Uh, I know my, my, uh, brother Zach really likes him. Uh, so I, I trust in him and I think that that will be a, a pretty solid pick for Tampa Bay. So that is going to conclude things here in episode nine of the commissioner's office podcast. Uh, if you enjoy hearing me speak and rant about uh, football, then check us out on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm always open to uh, suggestions for future podcast episodes. So if you know me, you know where to find me. And uh, let me know who you think uh, is going to be the, uh, the steal of the draft uh, as we get closer to uh, April 29th. So uh, that out of the way, I'm signing off. I'll see you later, everyone.